38. Luke 10, 38. I'm preaching on don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Luke 10, 38. If you are there, say amen. If you are struggling to find it, say, help me, Lord. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Somebody say one thing is needful. I can't hear you say one thing is needful. But one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part. Which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. This is yeah, an encounter part of scripture that talks about two sisters and how Jesus enters a house with the two of them there and how they respond to him and react to him and receive him it's amazing that number one there are a few things I want you to understand about that text we just read the Bible says that it was Martha that received Jesus number two it says the house belonged to Martha did you see that one there that the house belonged to her so she received jesus into her own house number three there she had a sister called mary and then so by virtue of mary's association with martha when jesus made an entry into their home she also had an encounter with jesus amen so martha was the one who opened the door that even allowed mary to encounter jesus yet jesus says between the two of you, it is Mary that has chosen the needful. Because whilst you are busy with the cares of serving, whilst you are running around doing good things, which are not necessary things, she has chosen to sit at my feet and hear the word of God that puts something within her that no man can take. You see, it is possible to be within the vicinity of the anointed and not attract the anointing. Because both Mary and Martha were in the same house, in the same environment, in the same atmosphere. Yet, whilst one of them was receiving, the other person did not receive. Is it not amazing that while she was busy trying to serve Jesus, she failed to recognize that Jesus was there to serve her. While she was busy trying to offer Jesus food, she failed to recognize that the living bread himself was around. I have seen many people 
who are encumbered by the issues of life and by so many things that they fail at the very necessities of basic Christianity that is getting to know Jesus for yourself and connecting with him. If I put my radio on 97.3, I would hear City FM. But that does not mean that Joy FM has gone off. Because the reason I am listening to City FM is because I have shifted my frequency to that place. But if I decided to shift it to 99.7, then I will begin to hear Joy FM. So the only limitation to what I'm hearing is where I put my frequency. I want you to understand that Jesus and God is speaking all the time. Your inability to hear him is not a failure of his part to speak to you. It is, it is a reflection of your inability to key into the frequency by which he is speaking. So many of us are in the vicinity of the anointed, but not everybody is like Mary listening and hearing and being blessed. You see, she said that Jesus said, you are encumbered by a number of things and you want to, you, want, you are encumbered by things pertaining to serving, but this one has received one thing, the needful thing, and no one can take it away from her. It means even when it rains, the thing that I have given to her, no one can take it. When the sun shines, the thing that I have given to her, no one can take it. If you were here to receive that which I gave to her, you would have also received something of a permanent nature. Did you not read in your Bible the other day that heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of the Lord shall not pass? You see, there is something about God's word that if you hear it and you meditate on it and it enters in your being, it doesn't matter what goes on around you. You cannot sink because there is a super supernatural force that is activated when the word of God is at work somebody shout I hear you yeah. and this is Martha who has opened the door first for Mary to enter in and she misses it you see it does not matter who comes in first it does not matter who meets Jesus first it matters who sits at his feet to hear him speak many people say I gave my life to Jesus in 1980 it does not matter at all there can be somebody who gave his life to Jesus in 2018 but who is on fire and has remained at the feet can, can, can you understand what I'm talking about because when you meet certain people they will tell you this church thing I have done some before this giving thing I have done some before this singing thing I have done some before it is not what you have done before it is what you are still doing now and so the fact that you open the door and you met Jesus first does not mean that what he came to release you are going to receive it many people have become busy in church without having that encounter with Jesus I have seen busy singers and busy ashes and busy pastors and busy see all manner of people who don't have a personal relationship with God so, so there are many Christians they are Christians alright but they don't even remember the last time they read their own word they, they don't remember the last time they opened the Bible to see what is there and so that is why no matter what any man picks and reads to them they will scream and shout deep because they won't check to see that is one of the fundamental problems of the charismatic ministry and the charismatic move instead of us to read scripture for ourselves we preach what a preacher said this man said that and that man said that it's not bad but check for yourself is that one is that one also there then, then uh, there's something I, I came across some time ago he said uh, uh, let the, let the rich say, let, let the poor say, and let the weak say. There is nowhere in the Bible that says, let the poor say, I am rich. There's nowhere in the Bible. Can I go there? 
It's, it's not anywhere. You will find, let the, let the weak say, I am strong. You will never find, let the poor say, I am rich. But you had it. So we will jump with it. They say, heaven helps those. Then we are, we are forcing things. But we won't find time to study and to read for ourselves. We have become busy Christians not knowing our Christ. Busy Christians. We'll be the first to come and arrange things, but we don't know Christ. We'll be the first to be represented. Look, it is easy to get lost in the, in the cycles of everyday life that you lose sight of, them, of the necessities of life. I said it this morning. I said there are people who are doing their best to give their children the best of education. Taking them to the best schools, fantastic schools. Buying all that they want to buy for them. But what they, they miss out is that if you educate your child and you don't give your child Christ, you are in trouble because you can always have an educated fool. Mm. That is where when you are 50, your child is 25, you are talking about and God said, let there be. He said that you are joking. Have you not heard of the Big Bang Theory? That you don't know of Darwin's theory of evolution. That, that you, are, you are too backward. You are backward. But you need to teach your child. Study to show yourself a proof. He said, he said, teach your child in part. Because that is the necessities of life. Can I preach? There are, there are several. See, the Mary and Martha were both there. But they were pursuing two different things. When, I, when we started Grace Temple. About seven years ago. The first two years. Every program people invite me. I am there everywhere so there were days monday to friday i am preaching everywhere i am here then i'm here then i'm here then i'm here then i'm here there, 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 there was a time on, on friday i went to work we closed from work I, I was doing my masters at the time so i went to school weekend school friday after school we had half night here i came to preach after that i had an all night in a baptist church at north kanishi so i went to do the all night after the all night, the next day I had to go back to school because we had an eye. Quantitative methods, I'll never forget. Quanti. So I had to go and write quanti Saturday morning. And stay in school because it's a weekend school. If you, if you leave, you have missed for the whole day. And stay in school and then Sunday be ready and be preaching. And Monday with cycle continues. And it got to a time I said, no. See, if a car keeps moving without making time for servicing, the car will break down. If a car keeps moving without making parking somewhere to be refueled, the car will, will stop on the way. Because at a point, the oil must be changed. At a point, more fuel must be put in. At a point, tires must be changed. Plugs must be changed. Some servicing ought to be done on the car. But if the car decides to keep going, it will just come to an abrupt stop. Then I started. I realized that it is maturity to know where to go and where not to go. Because when I started, I felt that anybody who is even if you don't go, it's like you are proud. It's like the gift that God has given you, 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 are, you are sitting on the gift, you don't want people to be blessed. As I matured, I realized that no, if you don't take it, you will die. God will raise another man. What are you talking about? It, it is good thing, there are things that are good, but there are things that are necessary for our work with God. When was the last time? See, there are people who would not, they will never fast. Those who fast, they will fast only when 
Only that one to have said it to. Only when churches were fasting, that one cry, no, they would decide as and when. Can I, can I go there? See, th- there's a reason why we fast. Just, just, just a digression. But there's a reason. Because the flesh and the spirit are at enmity. And there's a, there's a war going on between flesh and spirit. What fasting does is that it lessens the power of the flesh and empowers the spirit man to have dominion over the flesh. Hallelujah. That is why we fast. I've taught you that that misrepresentation of the scripture that says at the end, this kind go with not, except by fasting and prayer. It has nothing to do with fasting to cast out demons. You remember? Okay, that's a story for another day. So, so it is important that we become thirsty for the things that are necessary. Have you asked yourself why when you come to church doing worship and there are people who can feel the atmosphere, the presence of God. How is it that you don't feel anything? You are just hearing music and you are watching your time. They said they will close at night. Why are they still talking? It's like there's a meeting that you should be at. So, so right now, we said 12. So you are, you are watching, you are giving me 30 minutes. Whatever I'm saying, you have put me in the bracket of time. I must finish where we go. There are things that are necessary. There are things that are good. Martha opened the door all right. She let Jesus in all right. She invited Jesus in all right. Gave Jesus a seat all right. But she missed the part that was most important. See, was it last week or last week I preached to you about Jesus being all in all, being enough. Being enough. There are things happening in this world then. Education cannot do it all. Money cannot do it all. Connections cannot do it all. They all have their limits. I told the first service a story of a young lady. It's in a, a bi-religious family. Family where the two of them, there are two sides. Half of them are in this one, another half are in that one. And after her first degree in something, something engineering, she decided to pursue her dream, her ambition of being a pilot. And her father was able to raise, raise about uh, seven, over $70,000 for the daughter to go and attend flight school in South Africa. Someone said $70,000. It's a serious matter. No, the $70,000 I just mentioned to you, tomorrow morning, the figure you have in your mind will be less than what it will be by tomorrow morning. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. And she started. They did grounds work. And she came out, came out as the best student at the grounds. And it was them, there was time for them to do flight simulation. And everybody went through, went through. when it got to her turn, she failed. She tried again, she failed again. She tried the last time. Then she failed again. Then they said, well, the reason you came to South Africa is to attend flight school. Since you have failed and you have to go home, there's no reason for you to be here. Go back to your country. And she had to go and beg and plead that, I beg you, give me one last chance. 
and they said no problem because we'll, we'll, the amount of money involved is no joke we'll give you a last opportunity and then she tried and then she failed again uh, did you think she was coming to pass what she didn't know is that somebody was behind that had taken her name somewhere that this lady everything that she's doing she must fail so that that religion she says she's in she will stop and come and join us here yeah you understand frustration everything that she attempts she must fail so that she will stop and say this this thing that i joined what did it give me so let me go and join this other one maybe that one will work she failed woefully. somebody who was who was who was the best at ground school so everything was on point she was just going to say it was that simple and like i told you on friday no matter how the devil kills you, doctors will attach a name to it. Amen? No matter how the devil kills you, doctors will find a name. No, they say your, your problem is that you don't have eye-to-hand coordination. I don't see a day groundwork, no, or the eye-to-hand coordination, I do first. They do say, yenchi See, it takes more than money. It takes more. See, it, it takes more than that. May we, may we desire to have that personal encounter with Jesus. See, many of us were introduced to church by reason of how we were born, because our, our fathers or our mothers were senior presbyters, and our fathers and our mothers were elders in church, and they were on sitting on some committees, and they were they were singing band, and they were doing all manner of things. So when they gave birth to us, it was automatic that we were born into the Christian faith but many of us are yet to have that personal encounter where we ourselves set to encounter Christ and say I am a Christian because I know God for myself not because my father taught me not because my mother taught me I am a Christian because I know him and I have felt him and I have I have experienced him there are too many Marys in our generation we know about Jesus. We, we know how to, how to go through the protocols of welcoming him. But we still lack that personal encounter. Many are too busy being like, they are, they are too busy uh, being, to, be, trying to be seen like Christians rather than being Christians. They are too busy. They are too busy trying to let everybody see them as Christians rather than actually living the, the life of being a Christian. And, and, and you see, the, 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 and Martha went to Jesus and said, he said, Jesus, see the way I'm suffering. Won't you tell my sister to come and help me? I told them this morning, <laughs> I told them something. And after the first uh, Pastor Rafi came to me and said, this thing you are writing in your book. Are you sure you want to write it in your book that way? I said, don't worry. With wisdom, I will, I will present it in a different way that what you are afraid of will, will, will cover it. So, it's part of what I'm writing, the 10 battles of a young preacher. And one of the, the things I put there is that there are several challenges young preachers go through. But one of the greatest challenges of a young preacher is an old preacher. <laughs> One of the greatest challenges of the young preacher is the old preacher. Because the old preacher has worked with God in a certain way and has experienced God in a certain way that many old preachers have put God in a box. This is how God moves. Anything outside this is not God. 
So there are many old preachers who have become like the martyrs of this world. They have opened their gate and have an encounter first with God. So whilst you are sitting down, hearing at the feet of Jesus, they have a problem with you that they are busy going about things. Why wouldn't you be like them and be busy in yourself? And they are even going to God and say, look at what they are doing. But they don't understand that these guys are a new generation of people that are having serious personal encounters with God and are entering realms. And he said, this thing, this thing you are, you are seeing, this thing you are writing, they will call you. <laughs> so we don't fear anybody. What are you talking about? Yeah. The, the merits of our generation are rising. He said, there's something I have given to where no man can take it. What? No man can take it. This is, see, we know already. But for Jesus to declare it again, what assurance, what confidence it puts in your spirit that this thing he has given me, no man can take it. Listen, if it is the Lord that gave you, who is it that can take it? Because if God be for us, who is it that can be against us? If it is a man that does it, another man can stop it. That is why I would prefer for God to do it so he will take the glory by himself. For God does not share his glory with anybody. I see the Lord coming through for some people who have decided that this year they are going with God, walking with God, breathing God, jumping God, sleeping God. God, talking God, walking God. May the Lord show himself strong in your life, in every department of your life, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your finances. May the presence of the Lord permeate into every aspect of your life. Somebody shout yes. I said, it is possible to be in the atmosphere of the anointing and not attract the anointing. I'm ending. For the benefit of a few, who don't know this? The presence of God is different from God. Hallelujah. The presence of God, Oyabad, is different from God. How do I mean? God is in the ninth club. Suddenly, people's theology, I'm disturbing people's theology. Thinking, how can God be in the night club? His, his nature of being omnipresent demands that he must be everywhere. Because if he's omnipresent, how is he omnipresent? Because he's everywhere. The night club is there somewhere, so he must be there too. What do you think? Yeah. But that is where the difference comes in between God and the presence of God. So Moses says, God, if your presence does not go with us, I will not go. Because Moses knows that God is already with me. God is good. But we need more than just God being there. We need that thing called the presence of God. And so the Bible says in, in, the, in, in, in Genesis that when Adam and Eve, they sinned against God, that they were hidden from the presence of God. Not from God. Because God was already there. God knew they were there. But once they sinned, they disconnected from the presence of God. And, and that is why, don't just be in a place where you know God. We must desire to always reign supreme and be in the presence of God. When you are walking and so you bypass somebody, they must turn and say, there is something about you. There, there are few, there is something about you. Because you are a carrier of the presence. It is in the presence.
presence of God where we have the power and the glory at work. So when you are walking in the fullness of the presence, you are walking empowered by the power and the glory and it has encompassed you wherever you step. It is as if God himself has arrived because you are carrying the presence. May we not be normal Christians anymore because you see, there is nothing normal about being a Christian. There is nothing normal about prophesying to people. There is nothing normal about opening blind eyes and raising the dead and causing crippled people to walk. There is nothing normal about preaching like I am doing because this thing we call Christianity it's a, it is an abnormal phenomenon and therefore we cannot re- allow ourselves to be normalized by this world from today receive that supernatural grace that causes you to be super normal in your workplace super normal in your office super normal in the marketplace super normal in your environment super normal in your family super normal where you live in your community in your society everywhere you find yourself that if they are looking for people who carry something that the world is looking for may you be the one that they come for may you be the, the one that they come for answers somebody shout that is my story lift up your voice begin to pray right and say father i want to be like the mary of this generation i want to be at your feet i want to be with you i want to be in your presence forever in you lift up your voice